right, what if we've been thinking about spiritual growth all wrong? And that is the question that we asked last week when we opened up this series called Seasons of the Soul. And I think this is a great time of year for us to be talking about this as I think about how the seasons right now are physically changing in nature. And we're focusing on how sometimes we go through seasons with God where he moves us through something different. And uh, as the seasons are changing right now, as, as we're moving through uh, a season of winter into spring, as uh, the days are starting to get longer, uh, time has changed, and uh, it's starting to get warmer outside. And it just seemed like on Sunday it was a little bit warmer. Yesterday it was a little bit warmer. And it just seems like people are all out doing all kinds of things. Uh, and, you know, I was watching some people out of my apartment, uh, kind of creepily, I guess, from my balcony. I was just chilling out there. And I saw some people riding some bikes by. And I was like, man, it's been so long since I rode a bike, and it got me thinking about, uh, you know, learning to ride a bike. And we've all had that experience when we were growing up, when we were trying to learn how to ride a bike. Now, some of you guys in here, it was like your dad took you to like the tallest, steepest hill he could find, and he threw you on that bike, and he just shoved you down that thing as hard as you could. And he was like, hold on for dear life, you'll figure it out on the way down. And that's how you learned how to ride a bike. And then some of you guys, like you had that mom who had you like wrapped up in bubble wrap from like your forehead down to your toes. And, and it was like, hey, don't get above like three miles an hour on your bike. And you're like, I, I didn't even know a bike could go that fast. How fast are miles per hour? You know what I'm saying? You're like six years old trying to learn how to ride a bike. But the thing is, is when you guys are probably learning how to ride a bike, most of you guys, if you're like me, you probably learned how to ride with training wheels. You guys remember those days? Training wheels, you're like undefeated with training wheels on your bike. You know what I'm saying? No matter what you do, how hard you turn that thing, you can't lay it over because the training wheels are holding you up. But there came a time in your life when your parents or whoever taught you how to ride a bike said, hey, training wheels got to go. The training wheels have got to go. And your parents took the training wheels off your bike and you experience something called anger. Because now all of a sudden riding a bike wasn't so easy. It was hard and you started to experience this thing called discomfort. Because you're trying to ride your bike and you're trying to have fun, but you keep laying that thing over and you're falling over and you're scraping your knees up and you're getting banged up and bruised up and you're mad because you're like, why did you take my training wheels away? I was doing great with my training wheels. But your parents are like, look, you're never going to learn how to ride a bike unless we take these wheels off. Like, yeah, it's going to be tough there for a minute, but you're going to learn how to ride a bike. You're going to fall over a few times, but you'll get back up and eventually you'll get it. And eventually, hopefully you guys learn how to ride a bike. Maybe some of you guys didn't and you're still like, yeah, I'm still rocking training wheels, 23 years old. It's great. See me at the Nolan Trail with that bad boy. You know what I'm saying? I got my Hot Wheels bike out there. It's amazing. It's amazing, guys. But that is what fall is. That's what the fall season is. It's God removing some things that you have been comfortable with or removing some things so that you can grow, so that you can get better. It's God removing and reorganizing things in your life to make way for growth, guys. Like, you get it. Like, training wheels are not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to have. But it's preventing you from being able to learn how to ride a bike. And sometimes when you're in life, when you're going through these seasons of the soul with God, remember last week we talked about seasons change. God doesn't. God doesn't. God has something to teach you in every season. And we talked about the summer last week and how the summer season is like the best season. So just really quick, I want to throw this up on the screen. I just want to recap kind of what we learned last week for maybe you guys have forgotten or maybe you weren't here last week and you get to see this. So we basically opened up by talking about the summer season. Okay, the summer season is characterized 
by abundance and light, characterized by abundance and light. You guys remember that? It was like, hey, when you're going through a summer season in life, it's like nothing can beat you down. Nothing can drag you down. Everything is amazing with God. You spring out of the bed in the morning. You're like singing psalms and praises and hymns and you're, you're, everything is like flying off the page when you're reading your Bible. And the fall season what we're going to talk about tonight is characterized by fading and ending. And we're going to talk more about that so I won't linger here long. But then remember we said we move into winter. Just like the seasons in nature move into winter, we move into winters with our soul. And the winter is categorized by absence and darkness. You start to ask yourself questions like, God, where are you? God, have you left me? God, what is going on? That's a big question. And then again, in spring, spring is whenever you start to come out of that. And spring is characterized by things that are fresh and new. And you start to learn and you start to realize everything God was teaching you in the summer, the fall, and the spring, all of those pieces are being put together. So guys, remember last week we talked about fall is a season. It's, it's marked sort of by this realization that you're not on the journey that you thought you were but you're on the journey that God has you on. It's, it's a season that's marked by transition. It's a, it's a season marked by readjusting your life. God is gonna readjust your life in the fall and he's not gonna ask your permission to do it because he doesn't need to. Because he's the God of the universe. He's the creator of everything. He knit you and put you together and he's gonna move some things in your life. He's gonna move some things around. And that is a season that is for us is often marked by frustration. It's marked by frustration. Remember I said in winter, we ask God things like, God, where are you in the fall? We ask God questions, God, why are you doing this? God, why are you taking this from me? God, why am I walking through this? Why are these things happening? It's a season marked by frustration. As God moves things, as he removes things, as he reorganizes things in your life, you will find yourself in the fall asking God over and over, why? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? And the reason why it's happening, the reason why is because God is taking you through a season of transitioning and he's taking you through a season of pruning. Transitioning and pruning. It's what the fall season is all about. He's removing things so that you can get to something better. Just like your parents removed those training wheels so you can learn to ride, he's going to remove some things like that that you've grown comfortable with so that you can get to something better. So you can get to something better. John Chapter 15, verse 2 says this. It says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. That means is is Jesus is going to take away things in life that are not bearing fruit, things that are not going to come back, things that are not getting better, and things that are bearing fruit, things that are that are looking good, things that you're growing in, he's going to prune those. It means he's going to refine that, he's going to sharpen it. He's going to open it up to be able to have more, God's going to allow things to be removed in the fall season. And the thing is, it's going to be frustrating for many of us because we love it when God gives us things. But it's hard for us to understand sometimes when God takes away. It's hard for us to grasp that. So the big question, like I said, that you're going to ask in fall is this. Write this down. God, why are you taking this from me? Why are you taking this from me in this season? That's the big question. And I think, honestly, this is how it all starts for us. It all begins, I think most of us in here, when we wake up and we pray or we're going throughout our day, we're praying or we're talking to God and we're asking God for things in our life, we're saying, Lord, help, help me take a deeper step with you. That's it. That was the deeper step right there. 
Lord, help me grow closer to you. Lord, help me be stronger. We're asking God to, to move in our heart. We're asking him to help us be better. We're, we're asking him to help us grow closer, to which I think the Lord responds to our requests sometimes by saying, hey, there are some things in your life that are prohibiting your growth. There are things that are prohibiting your growth. There are things in your life that I need to move that I need to take away so that you can grow. So I'm answering your prayer for you. I'm answering your prayer that you want to be stronger. You want to grow closer to me. You want to take a deeper step. Okay, for me to do that, I'm moving these things out of your life now. I'm going to prune these things out of your life. And then you're like, oh, no, I like that. I really wanted to keep that thing. I really wanted to keep that friendship. I really wanted to keep that relationship. I really wanted to keep that circle of people around me. I wanted to keep that whatever it is in your life. Yet God in his infinite wisdom and his infinite knowledge is all knowing this. God who knows everything that has happened in your life all the way in the past. He knows everything that's going to happen in the future, not just in your life, but in everyone's life, in the history of the world. Like God just, he knows better. He knows better. And he's saying, look, there are things in your life that need to be transitioned, things that need to be reorganized so I can help you grow. And you may not be able to see that in the fall. You may not be able to see that because in your frustration and our lack of patience, sometimes we forget and we lose track. We lose track of that. And sometimes God moves things out of our life that are not even, there's not even bad things. It's not even toxic things. Sometimes it's just good things that are keeping us from great things, guys. Like I said, it's, it's like those training wheels. Like training wheels are not a bad thing. They're not a bad thing. But it's preventing you from getting to the good thing, the good thing of actually being able to learn to ride. Like, like I said, you're 23 years old, you're 25 years old. It's time to get rid of the training wheels. It's time to move past that. And guys, I think that this can come to us in a variety of ways. I think God can move this on us in a variety of ways in our life. I think he can come to us, he might say like, hey, I'm calling you to move in something financially. I'm, I'm calling you to move in your generosity. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna move, I'm gonna reorganize some things in your life, which is gonna require you to give up some resources. I think that it can come and he can say, hey, like I, I need you in this season. I need you to give more time and energies, energy to other people, which means I need you to get into a group. I need you to get into a mentorship relationship. So what he may have to do that is he may have to change your job. God may have to change your career. He may have to put put on hold that career shift. He may have to put on hold that promotion. He may have to put that on hold because he's saying, hey, for this time, what you need in this season of life is you need to be around these other people. I need you to trust that I have your best interest in heart, that I have a plan for you, that I'm causing it to work out, and this is the season of preparation that I have for you. It may come to you, you may say, hey, the Lord may say, hey, I've got to remove you from this group of friends that you're in. I got to remove you from these toxic friendships because listen, when you're with them, like you've lost your ability, you've lost your capacity to be a light for me. And when you're with them, it's not building you up. It's only dragging your life down further. It's dragging you further from me rather than pushing me to grow closer to you. So God may have to reorganize that in your life. You may have to reorder that in the fall. But you're on the other side and you're saying, God, I just, I, 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 I want to keep my friends. I want to keep these relationships. I want to be a, a light to them if it's that kind of friendship. Like, I want to be able to do that. But God's saying, not, not now, not in this season. I've got to move you into something else. I've got to move you into something so that you can grow. Like I said, it could be God, he's, he's delaying that career shift. He's delaying that promotion. He's delaying that because he's saying, hey, in this fall season, like I'm going to teach you to be dependent, not on your job, not on your boss, but to be dependent on me as your provider. 
to trust in me, to trust that I'm always going to be the one who's going to take care of you, the one who's going to see that all of your needs are met. That can be what God is doing in the fall season by pausing things, by reordering things, by reorganizing stuff in the fall. And like I said, we get so caught up in growing in frustration, growing in frustration in the fall, asking God, why is this happening? Why is this going on? And we, we can forget and we can lose track of the infinitude and the all-powerful, all-knowing person who God is, who is also all-loving, who has your best interests at heart. So tonight we're going to read a little bit. Uh, in, in the book of Matthew, and we're going to see a little bit about how this worked out in a guy named Peter's life. So before we go any further, uh, I want to ask you guys just to join me in prayer. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much, um, God, for tonight. God, I thank you for how you've moved in this place already. God, I thank you for how you have moved in, in a spirit of worship, God, in a spirit of community, Lord. And I just pray tonight, Lord, that you would just speak through me, God, that I, I would step out of the way, God, that everyone here from you tonight, that they wouldn't hear from me. And Lord, I just pray that as we open your word and we study, God, just a conversation that you had with Peter all these years ago. God, that we would be able to see that whenever you're transitioning us, God, whenever you're moving us into a new season, God, it doesn't mean that you left us. It doesn't mean that you forgot about us. It just means that you have something to teach us, that you have something to teach us. So Lord, may we grow in trust in you tonight. May we grow in faith with you tonight. Lord, we ask this all in the power of Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I want you guys to open up to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to start in verse 21. If you don't have your copy of God's Word, you're welcome to follow along with us on the screen tonight. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. So let me give you a little bit of a, a backstory on kind of what's going on right here. So I want you guys to try to imagine that you're Peter. And Peter is coming off basically maybe the greatest summer that anybody could have, the greatest summer season of the soul. Now I want you to think about this. This is a guy who has been walking with Jesus. He's been living with Jesus. He's been eating with Jesus and the other disciples. This is a guy who's seen Jesus perform miracles. They've seen him walk on water. They've seen him feed uh, 5,000 people with just a few loaves of bread and a few fish. They've seen him raise people from the dead. They've seen him heal people from the sick. They've seen him call Calm storms, like just imagine that. Like try to put yourself in the shoes of Peter and these disciples that you have been walking around with this guy who has now grown to be your closest friend. He's your closest friend. He's your greatest mentor. And not only that, you see him literally doing things that do not make sense, like controlling nature, like raising people from the dead, healing people who have been sick their whole life. Like imagine that. Like you're you are these guys and you've been seeing this for the past three years. Like, imagine if you're the disciples and you've seen some, this guy raise someone from the dead, like, you've got to be thinking at some point, like, what's going to kill this guy? Like, this guy raised someone from the dead. Like, he, he's healing other people who are sick. Like, can he, he can't get sick either. He could just heal himself. Like, what is going to get this guy? And you got to be thinking, like, Peter and the other disciples are, are, are rubbing their hands together, and they're thinking, this is it. Like, nothing can beat this guy. Nothing can kill this guy. Like, this is the guy, like, who's going to finally come in, and he's going to kick out the Romans. Because you guys got to remember, this is 2,000 years ago, and the Jewish people, they've been oppressed by the Roman government for so long, and they've been oppressed by the ruling religious authorities at the time for so long, and now they're finally thinking, like, this is it. This is our chance. Like, Jesus is going to lead us. We're going to be kings. We're going to finally get what we deserve. We're going to finally be able to kick all of these people out because look how powerful this guy is. 
and Peter's thinking it, and the rest of the disciples are thinking it, and the reality is, is Peter is about to have a very rude awakening in what we're going to read tonight. And he's going to come out of that summer season of the soul, that summer season where he's seen Jesus do so many amazing things. And even before this, he says, like, Jesus, I'll do anything that you ask me. I'll follow wherever you go. One of the first conversations, one of the best conversations we see between Peter and Jesus is this, this instant when all the people are leaving. They don't want to follow Jesus anymore. Jesus looks at Peter and he says, Peter, who, are, who do all these people say that I am? And he says, some of them say that you're Jeremiah. Some of them say that you're Elijah. Some of them say you're like John. You're another John the Baptist. And then he's like, well, Peter, who do you say I am? And that's an important question. Like, who is Jesus to you? Because the way you answer that question really governs, it really affects every single choice, conversation, and day of your life. Peter looks back and he says, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. You're not like anything else I've seen. You're not like anything else our people have experienced throughout history. You're something completely different. And that's a big conversation that Peter and Jesus have. Like I said, Peter's been in this huge, huge summer season. And we're going to see sort of in the beginning of this conversation what Matthew sees, we're going to see him start to enter, start to transition into that fall season. So let's look down. Let's look right here. Let's start. First verse, verse 21. It says, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders and the leading priests and the teachers of religious law, that he would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. Okay, so like I said, if you're the disciples at this point, you're like, wait, what? Like, what about the, the part where we get to become kings? What about the part where we, we get to, like, rule over people and we get to, like, be, you know, the, the kings of our own territory and we get to be rich and all this other stuff that they had dreamed up? And Jesus is like, that's not where we're going. You guys, remember I said the fall season is realizing, hey, you're not on the journey you thought you were. You're on the journey that God has you on. This is the first part of the conversation where the disciples realize, like, man, my plan was not God's plan. Even though I thought I've been following him, even though I've, I've felt so close to him, like I've still been trying to carve my own path in life. I've still been trying to do my own will, and I've just been asking God to bless what my plan is rather than asking God to show me what his will is so that I can follow it. Let's keep going. Let's see what Peter says. It says, but Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Now imagine that you're Peter. You're going to pull Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, aside, and you're going to say, you're, he literally says he pulls him aside and he reprimands him. He's like, God, you can't do that. Are you kidding me? Like, Lord forbid that happened to you. And I just want to say, is that like not our common reaction? Like when Jesus tells us something, like when he makes it really clear, when he reveals it to his Holy Spirit to you and he makes it just crystal clear right in front of you what you're trying to do. Like you've been praying and praying and praying for something and you've been seeking community and you've been praying in community and you've been reading your word and you're asking God, God, show me what to do. And then God's like, hey, this is what it is. And you're like, whoa, Lord, let it not be so. I can't go and do that. That's crazy. That's not what I was asking for. Man, you know when that's so common when it's happening is when you're just praying, God, you're like, God, I really want to do this. Please say yes. Please say yes. Please say yes. Please make it happen. And he's like, no. You're like, I'm going to ask one more time. He's like, still no. 
It's a no. It's going to be a no if you ask me again and you're like, one more time, I'll ask you again. Still no. Still no, guys. That's our common reaction. But his answer to Peter is, is look, hey, I've got to remove some things, Peter. I've got to reorganize some things in my life. And we grow frustrated and we grow angry with God just like Peter did. And, and, and when God tries to interrupt our lives, it just bothers us. It makes us angry. Because too often we see the Holy Spirit, we see Christ's direction in our life as, as an interruption to our plan rather than following him and letting him lead the way. Because too often, just like Peter, we don't really want Jesus to be the Lord of every single part of our life we want God just to make our path to our goal smooth. We don't want to give Jesus every part of our lives. We don't want to give over every piece of our heart, every piece of our mind to him. We don't want to give over all of our desires. We don't want to allow our life to be lived open-handed. God, anything in our life, you can, you can take it because I trust you. We don't want to do that. We want to say, God, hey, I'm at A. I want to get to B. There's a lot of hills in the way. Can you bulldoze those down? Make it nice and flat. I can ride my training wheels across there. That's what we want God to do. Too often we ask God to do that. Let's look how Christ responds to Peter. It says, Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God's. Now that's pretty harsh. Jesus literally called Peter, Satan right there. It's literally what he's saying is he's saying, hey, look, when you resist the Lord's plan in your life, when you resist the things that he's moving, his plan, his way, the things that God's calling him to, he's saying, look, you're lining up more with the plans of the enemy than you are the plans of God. And he's saying, look, you can't look at it from your point of view because, listen, your point of view is not high enough. You can't get high enough to see the whole map. You can't get high enough to see the whole timeline. But God is saying, look, from my point of view, I can see everything. And you can only see in your life, but I see in everyone's life. I've seen in those who have come before you, those who have come after you, those who are there now. He's saying, Peter, you're looking at this just from what you can see. But what I need you to do is trust it and see it from the way that I can. Let's look and see what Jesus says next. He says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, if you gained everything that the world has to offer, but you lose your own soul? Is, it, is anything worth more than your soul? L.Y.A., listen to me. God will remove good things to make way for great things in your life. God will remove sick things that are not getting better. God will remove dead things that are not going to come back to life. But the Lord says, listen, when you give those things up for the sake of pursuing Christ, we in turn gain life. When you give those things up, and so many of us in here, I feel like, walked in to this room tonight, and we are so desperately gripping things in our life that the Lord is trying to prune. 
that he's trying to remove, that he's trying to reorganize, and, and we're, we're holding on to that so tightly, and we're saying, God, I don't, I'm scared. I don't know why you're doing this. I want to hold on to this, and, he's, and, and we're doing that, and what we do when we do that is we're trying to gain the world. We're trying to gain what the world has to offer us, but in turn, what we're doing is we're trading in our soul. We're losing out on the growth. We're losing out on the joy that God has for us by gripping and holding on to these things. And in the fall season, when God is trying to remove those things, when he's trying to prune that, when he's trying to move those things out of the way to make way for something new, we can find ourselves resisting that and gripping and holding. Hello? That was really loud. That was good. Hey, whoever's using this mic tonight, uh, it needs new batteries. That was great. Um, anyway, guys, it's really hard. It's really hard when you're in the fall season of life because it's so necessary what God is doing. It's so necessary for him to remove these things, but and it, I, I get it. I know where you're at right now. I've been in that fall season when it's like, David, I hear what you're saying. Like, and I get it, and I believe it, and I see that truth in the scripture, and I'm trying to live it, but it's hard. It's hard to trust God in this, because I can't see what he's doing. I can't see what it is on the other side. But you got to trust, you got to believe, because it's so necessary. I want you guys to see this. Uh, this is from Luke chapter 11. We're, we're not going to flip over there, but I want you guys to read this on the screen with me. This is, this is Luke's recollection of the same thing. So, guys, the gospels, you know, there's four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, and they're all just basically four different perspectives of Jesus' life. So we just read Matthew's perspective, what he remembers. I want you guys to see what Luke wrote down when he recounts this event. This is Luke eleven thirty one. It says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. Okay, so who is Simon? Okay, Simon, that is what like Peter's original name is. Peter was the name that Jesus gave Simon. You know what I'm saying? It's sort of like a nickname or like a title. And what the word Peter actually means is rock. Uh, it comes from the Greek word Petra. So he, he literally walked around and called Peter the rock. He's like, Peter, you're rock, rock, rock hard. I think it's because Peter was hard-headed and he didn't want to listen to anything. But a lot of people who are smarter than me with big Bible degrees say it's because he was supposed to be the foundation of the church. Why can't we both be right? You know what I'm saying? Um... So he's saying, you know, this is kind of like, you know, like when you got a friend who has a nickname and then you're like trying to be super real with them and you don't call them by their nickname and you're like, whoa, you just called me by my real name. Like, this is serious. Like, this is what's going on. He's saying, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. Now that's, that's weird. But what Jesus is doing is he's saying, look, Peter, like he's making a reference all the way back to the story of Job. And for those of you guys that are new to the Bible, Job was basically a guy uh, who, who lived on earth who was really, really faithful to God. He was extremely faithful to God. And, and Satan goes to God and he tells him, hey, I think I can cause this guy, Job, to trip up. I think I can cause this guy to forsake his faith. I think I can cause him to give up on you. And God says, there's no way. Job is too faithful. He's the most faithful man that is on the planet right now. There's nothing that you can do to him that's gonna make him renounce his faith. There's nothing that you can do. And he says, look, Satan, I'll tell you what, you can do whatever you want to to Job. You can take whatever you want from him. You can make him go through whatever uh, hard time or harsh reality that you want. But the only thing that you can't do is you can't kill him. You cannot kill Job. 
And that's how the story in the beginning of Job starts, and it goes on and on and on, and Job loses everything in his life. He loses his family. He loses his wife. He becomes sick. He becomes so sick that he can't get up and walk, that he grows. It says that he has festers and boils growing all over himself. He loses all of his money. He loses all of his wealth. He loses his home. He loses all of his livestock, which back in ancient Israel, back in an agrarian society, that's a huge deal. Like imagine losing your life savings, your health insurance, your retirement, everything. He loses everything in his whole life that he's worked for, but he never renounces his faith in God. He never gives up on God. Even his closest friends come around him and try to say, look, God's forgotten about you. God's given up on you. God did this to you. But Job never gives up. And what what Jesus is doing, he's saying, is he's making a reference to that. Peter would have picked up on that immediately because he would have known that story. And he's saying, look, Satan is asking. Satan is going to sift each of you like wheat. Now think about that. Like, you know, if you've got a, a, a bowl of whatever it is, you know, a bowl of grain or sand, and you know, you're kind of moving your hand through it, you're kind of sifting through that. Now that's reorganizing all that sand in there. It's never going to go back to the way it was because it's sifting through it, sifting through it. And he's saying, look, your life, Peter, it's going to get sifted. Some things are going to get reorganized in your life. But let's keep going. Let's see what he says next. He says, Jesus says, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon. Simon, that your faith should not fall so that when you have repented and you have turned to me again, that you can strengthen your brothers. See through all that frustration, all that pruning, the removal of things, all the hardship that Peter and the other disciples were gonna learn that they were gonna go through. It was for a purpose. It's for a purpose. And I think for us, like I want you to think about like, man, when you failed, when you've screwed up, when you went back to that thing that you said that you weren't going to do again, that you were never going to do again, and then after you said that you weren't going to go back to it again, you still went back to it again over and over and over again. You keep saying that you're not going to. Even after you did that, when you said those things to that person that you wish that you could take back, when you live that night that you would trade anything in the world, if you could just forget about it, if you could just erase, if you could just have a do-over, when you had that anger in your heart for that person that burned hotter than anything you've ever seen in your entire life, when you wanted that thing, that money, that status, that job, that degree, that title, that rank, that whatever it is, when you wanted that thing more than you wanted God, when you did all those things, Jesus is saying, look, When I sift through your life, when I remove those things, when I did all of that, when I caused you to walk through that so you could see that, listen, it was for a purpose. It was for a purpose. And I'm putting you in this fall season because I want you to do two things. Told Jesus, Jesus told Peter to do two things right there. And I think he's telling us to do the same two things. Look what this says. First thing is to repent and to turn. Says Peter, repent and turn to me. It means to stop what you're doing, literally repent. It means to do a complete 180, to turn completely around, to stop the way that you're going, stop all the things in that direction, turn and go a new direction to do a new thing. That's what God wants us to do. And the second thing is, is saying, hey, hey, all this stuff you're walking through, all this pain, what I want you to do is you're learning that so you can share that, so you can strengthen your brothers. So you're learning a lesson that you can share, that you can strengthen with community. Guys, God removes things so we can see it his way. He removed things in our lives so we can see it his way. He removes good things to make way for great things. Like I said, guys, the training wheels are not bad. 
There's nothing wrong with them. But we have to get rid of them at some point. The comfort has to go. The security has to go so that you can learn to step into something new because God has something so much bigger for your life planned than training wheels. He has something so much bigger for your life. He has so, something greater for you to experience, something greater for you to step into. And he has to move some things in your life. He has to move them around. He has to reorganize some stuff to make way for growth because he has a plan. And you're going through fall right now. And he's trying to help you get stronger because eventually spring is going to come back around. And he's going to say, hey, you're going to learn a lot of lessons. And I'm teaching you all this so that you might strengthen, so that you might turn from what you're doing and come back to me, and you might learn from this so that you can encourage some other people who are struggling and wrestling with the same thing, guys. God will remove, he'll reorganize anything in our life that it takes for us to loosen our grip on the world and tighten our grip on what's eternal. So the beginning of the night, I asked you guys, hey, this is a, this is a, this is a question we ask. This is a big question that we ask. But now I want to ask a better question. It's a better question for us to ask in the fall season. Our better question is, God, what are you making way for? Instead of saying, God, what are you taking away from me? Ask God, what are you making way for in my life? What are you clearing the runway for? God, what are you trying to teach me? Because we don't want to let go of the things in the summer because it's so comfortable in the summer. It's so comfortable when everything is going right, when everything's amazing. And maybe Jesus is doing something in your heart so that you can give up some comfort so that you can reach more people. So you can have a greater impact. And God is trying to reorganize those things in our, in our life, guys. In the fall, this is what we need to do. We need to open our hands. We need to open our hands and focus our mind on what is eternal. Focus our mind on the eternal mindset. Open your hands and say, God, there's, there's nothing that I can hold in my hand that you haven't given me. And if there's nothing in my hand that I got on my own, that I obtained on my own, if everything that you have, I have, was given by you to me, then there's nothing in my hand that you can't take away. There's nothing in my hand that you can't reorganize. That's what we need to do. Think of when you gave your life to God. Think back to that moment. Man, you gave everything over to him. You didn't give part of your life over to God. You didn't give over 50%. You didn't give over 80%. You gave over 100%. You gave everything over to God. And you have to believe in faith that God's reorganization is going to result in a better future for you. It's going to result in a preferred future. It's going to result in a more joyful experience. It's just got to take some things out. It's got to prune some things. Let's not live like the rest of the world. Let's not live like the world trying to gain our soul by gripping and holding on tighter and tighter and tighter and not living open-handed God. Let's live that song we sing all the time. God, if, if more of you means less of me, take everything. Man, we sing that all the time, but do we think about the gravity of what we're saying? God, if it means I get to have more of you, if it means I get to experience you in a new way, if it means I get to experience you deeper, if it means that I get to have more of you, and that means less of me. John said, in order for him to increase, I must decrease. Then Lord, take everything. And we sing that all the time, but do we think about what we're saying? Guys, the gospel, God's life-changing, life-altering, life-transforming power begins at the end of yourself. 
It begins at the end of you. It begins at the end of what you think your path is, what your journey is, and it begins at the beginning of what God's plan to redeem humanity is. So as the band comes forward, I want us to try to reclaim two things tonight. Two things as we learn about the fall season, as we learn about God's season of transition, God's season of pruning, God's season of reorganization. Two things. The first one is if, hey, if you believe and follow Jesus in here, this one's for you. If I were to ask, hey, have you made that decision? Have you made that choice in your life? And you were to say, yes, this is what I would like for you to do. I I want you to ask God tonight to reteach you the gospel. I want you to pray. I want you to ask God to reteach the gospel to you that every part of yourself in the fall and in the the pruning seasons of life, that you're going to trust him and that you're going to be willing to be taught that when God starts removing things, when that time comes for reorganization, when that time comes for pruning, that you're gonna live open-handed and you're gonna trust God and you're gonna reteach yourself the gospel tonight that, hey, when I gave myself over to God, I gave everything. And that everything I have was given to me, so I'm not afraid to give it back to God. So first thing, ask God, pray, ask God to reteach that to you. And the second thing, is maybe for some of us in here, for the very first time, we need to believe in Christ. And you need to believe that all this crap that you're wading through in life, all of these hard things, all of these painful things that, that, that you've been walking through, like Jesus is, is, is allowing you to go through that. He's, he's putting you through that to show you, hey, like I'm the only thing worth having you're not going to find anything in this world that's going to be able to undo that pain, that's going to be able to fix it, that's going to be able to mend it and put it back together. And Jesus says, look, hey, the reason that you're you're going through all this, the reason you see the world is such a bad place is because this world's not your home. You're not going to be here for forever because this place is too messed up. It's too jacked up. It's too evil. This can't be all there is. And what Jesus is saying is, hey, If you're tired, if you're weary, if you're heavy laden, if you have a lot going on in your life, if your soul is heavy, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. If you're tired, if you're hurt, if you're broken, if you can't put yourself back together, come to me right now because I can. I can. Jesus understands. Jesus can heal you. Jesus can put those pieces back together. But what it requires of you is saying, hey, if all of you means less of me, take everything and put your full trust, your full faith, your full everything, your full followership, trade it all in to believe and follow Jesus and say, Jesus, I will follow you anywhere. Anywhere you send me, I'll go. I'll do whatever it takes. And that's how you move out of that. That's how you get out of that. So guys, let's pray those things. That's what I want to do right now. Let's all pray. Would you just right now in your mind, in your heart, would you just, wherever you find yourself, and then the first thing or the second thing, would you just pray that right now? Just ask God to do that in your life.
just cry out to him, say, Lord, there's nothing. There's nothing within me I won't give over to you. There's nothing within me. Ask him to increase your trust in the fall season. Lord, we love you and we're here for you. God, and we believe in you and we know that your word is true and we know that your word is good. Lord, we know we've failed time and time again. We've messed up and we've gone back and we've said things we wish we couldn't, God, and we've held things that we shouldn't have. And, and Lord, right now in this moment, what we're doing, God, we're putting that at your feet. We're leaving that here tonight, God, at the foot of your cross. Lord, we're, we're crucifying our sin with you, God, which is to say, God, we are, we are suffocating it. God, we're suffocating away that pain, God. We're suffocating it away, God, in the power and the light of who you are, God. In Jesus' name, God, we are walking free, God. We are breaking free from the chains that hold us down, Lord. Right now, in this moment, we're doing that. God, because you're so much bigger, you're so much greater, you're so much more powerful, God. You are just so much bigger than anything, God, in our life. God, and we just want more of you. And God, if more of you, God, means that we give more stuff over, God, we're giving it over to you right now, God. We're releasing control. God, we're uncorking our souls, God. We're pouring it out right now. God, we're breaking it on the ground, God. We're, we're dropping it. We're sprinting after you, God. We're stripping away anything that's weighing us down to run after you further, God. We're doing that. Lord, would you just do that in all of our lives, all of our hearts right now?